Influencing popular culture, politics, and everything in between. The local station takes you ringside as we discuss the crazy world that is professional wrestling. This is Going Ringside with the local station. Hello there, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Going Ringside. So glad you could be with us today. We're excited about the topic we have today. But first, keep telling your friends and family, anyone who likes wrestling, that the show is out here. We're still trying to spread the word and give us a follow on TikTok and Instagram at, at Going Ringside. We're putting exclusive content there every day. Um, we put immediate announcements out on major stories in the wrestling world in just the last few weeks. Tragic stories, the death of Terry Funk, the death of Bray Wyatt, the firing of CM Punk. Minutes after they're announced, you're getting that information ongoing ringside um, on both TikTok and Instagram. So please give us a follow. It's exclusive content you're not seeing on um, the podcast that we're putting there every day. So uh, please give us a follow. But so glad you could join us today. We're really excited to talk about um, Alicia Fox, real name Victoria Crawford. Someone who had an amazing, amazing career in WWE, a career that may not be over. She's still very young and has a lot of years ahead of her. But um, Victoria Crawford, better known as Alicia Fox, is someone I've been wanting to talk to for a while because we're based in Northeast Florida. She's homegrown around here, and we wanted to have her on the show, and we're so glad we were able to catch up with Victoria um, and talk to her about her career in WWE for 17 years. 17 years is a long time in WWE, and you consider someone like The Rock didn't make it that long. He's been off and on, of course, over the years, but as far as just a long-time regular performer, she was there a long time. Many people have not made it as long as uh, Alicia Fox did. And um, she just had a great career, and I want to unpack that today. So her real name, as I said, is Victoria Crawford. Um, she started with WWE in the early 2000s. She was, uh, grew up here in much of her childhood in Northeast Florida, growing up in the Beaches area around Jacksonville and went to Nice High School. Nice High School, of course, is famous for another person who just played football there, Tim Tebow. But Victoria Crawford went there before she was a, notori a person of notoriety. That came after high school. When she'll tell the story, uh, what she wanted to do when she got older, and we talked to her in a few minutes. Um, but WWE noticed her and realized there may be a star in the making there. And Victoria Crawford gets the call and decides to go into this crazy world of professional wrestling, as we call it here at Going Ringside, and has a long, great career with the company, or as she calls it, the machine, you'll notice in her interview. She refers to it as machine, because that's kind of how WWE runs. It is a machine, a big conglomerate corporate entity, and they utilized her as a talent for well over almost two decades. So we're gonna talk to her. But her, her introduction to a national audience was really different than a lot of other performers. She was brought in at the top in the highest profile angle with the highest profile names because she was not brought in as a wrestler. She was brought into something she was very unfamiliar with, a job she never thought she would ever do. She was brought in under the character of a wedding planner. Think back to uh, around 2007, 2008, 
when the general manager is the illustrious heel, Vicky Guerrero. And she starts her on-camera relationship with Edge. So much so that they are going to get married. And so when in classic wrestling fashion, you know if there's going to be a wedding on wrestling with the exception of Randy Savage and Elizabeth, it's probably going to go belly up. And so Edge and Vicky Guerrero are about to get married. And you know watching it, you're like, something's not right here. Everyone was saying Edge was dating Vicky and involved with Vicky for power because Vicky was the on-camera general manager. She had the power. And Edge was just in love with her on camera. So they bring in this wedding planner, this new, young, attractive woman named Alicia Fox, who on camera wasn't even 20 years old yet in real life. That's how she was brought into the company, as a wedding planner. Didn't seem like it was a major role until the day of the wedding, when Alicia Fox, Victoria Crawford, is, shows up in an angle involving not two of the biggest stars in the company, but three, Edge, Triple H, and Vicky Guerrero. When, when uh, Triple H, who has a habit of crashing weddings, like he did with Tess and Stephanie McMahon, his real-life wife, and then this wedding here. Let's take a stroll down memory lane to show how Alicia Fox really became an on-camera presence in WWE before she was even 20 years old. I have made a video of my own, and I do feel that that my video is is special in its own way, and I think it truly, truly just expresses the love edge that you feel for Vicky. Let's let's take a look at true love. is how Alicia Fox was introduced to a national audience. Now, keep in mind context here. That was a months-long buildup to a major angle. This was just not a minor thing that was built up over a week. Months went into building this up. And Alicia Fox was there at the payoff of it. Kissing Edge, breaking up the romance, Triple H crashing the wedding, something you know would be reshared by WWE fans, WWE.com, on social media for years to come. And Alicia Fox, brand new to the company, a new face was immediately known. Immediately known. And so Victoria Crawford, in real life, is a new performer 
and she is thrust into the limelight of a major angle. I mean, we had um, Melina Perez on a few weeks back. Great episode. You can go look for it in the archives right now. She was really good. But when she brought in, she was kind of brought in as, as the manager for Eminem, a tag team. Not top-level stuff. Alicia Fox was top-level stuff because she, this was the angle in WWE at the time. The wedding between Edge and Vicky Guerrero, having Triple H be a part of that. And she was a key player in that. So that immediately introduced her to the audience. She was not a bit player. She was not a mid-card. She was in a major angle. But after that happens, WWE keeps her off, off camera for a while. Several months later, she does come back in a more natural role for a diva, in a managerial role, and eventually she starts wrestling, um, which is what she was trained to do. She wasn't trained to be a wedding planner. But because she was so built in and did such a good job there, she remained. And she had a very long, great career at WWE. 17 years. Very few people make it that long in WWE. Very few people make it seven years, let alone 17. She only recently, in the last year, stepped away from the company, or she calls it the machine. She's kind of living a new life now, uh, probably for the first time in her adult life, ever living somewhat of a normal existence, not in the middle of just this WWE world. Now, uh, Victoria Crawford does say she probably does want to do some more wrestling, and she has. Um, and she probably could. She has the skills, she has the ability, she has the look, she has the fame. Um, but she's living life now outside of, as she calls it in her interview, the machine, which is WWE. Um, but, that, but she was thrust into the limelight very quickly after doing uh, some time in Ohio Valley Wrestling, which is WWE's developmental territory in Kentucky, where she trained for a while with some other big names. Um, she came in around the same time as other people from Northeast Florida, like Kelly Kelly, Michelle McCool is also from the same area. They all came in around the same time, and she came in and had a very long, illustrious career. So we were overjoyed to have a chance to talk to Victoria Crawford about her time in WWE, what she's doing with her life now, and what her plans are for the future. So let's get to it. Here's her interview with Victoria Crawford. You probably know her better as Alicia Fox. Well, we are joined now by Victoria Crawford. I'm, this can take me some getting used to. I'm used to Alicia Fox. Thank you, sir. Uh, so thanks for joining us today. You are one of the homegrown wrestlers. Yes, sir. Who has made it big. What have you been up to? Well, recently I just left One Machine and yeah. uh, Independent Vix Pro. Um, I'm just really just taking it in, like how can I be a part of the industry again? Um, these opportunities, like these signings, help me meet the fans that are also wrestlers. Mm -hmm. A lot of my conversations have been expanding to like what, I don't know, like their art, their craft. Like I think what's surprising me is I've, I've listened to a lot of their movesets and some of them are my movesets, but really? yeah. So back me it's up. It's weird. Where, what it's part great. of the area did you grow up in? So I grew up in like the beaches area. I graduated from Nice in 04. So you graduate from Nice. How do you go from Nice High School to WWE? Oh man, I'm trying to make this a short story short, but I lost my eyesight in high school. Really? Okay. I did. Just in my left eye. 
And then, um, then what happened? And then I was trying to pay for my life. And then WWE gave up um, an opportunity where they could help us, me pay for school, like college education. Because at that time, like, I was really interested in ophthalmology. Okay. And, um, but then with the training schedule, like, you know, lab and mathematics did not, they were not being tossed around. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So these had a good crew of people, you, Tim Tebow, yeah. all around the same time. Yeah. Both do very Kelly, well. Kelly, Kelly. Kelly, Kelly. Oh, is she there too? I didn't realize that. Yeah, Kelly and I started together. Oh, you did From start. here. Okay. Yeah, so Kelly is from here, yes. So you get in and immediately, if I remember right, you were in a very salacious angle right off the bat. Yes. Yes, okay. With I was edge. like, I, yes, I knew exactly what you were talking That's about, but I was, was going to pretend I did not. Uh, yes, with Edge. What was that like going in right at the top there? Exactly. Yeah, that was exactly, like, yeah, it was pretty, um, I didn't really know what it was. I think the interesting part about it is I had never gone to a wedding before. Okay, really? And so the machine was like, well, maybe you can go and get some experience. So I, I sat with a wedding planner, you know, kind of came up with a whole idea of my own. You're going event. to be a wedding planner. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, what, 19? She's sort of like, what's going on? Yeah. Make a long story short. Um, yeah, it was just an interesting thing because I thought I was coming up to be a wrestler, right? But then I you found knew out it's less about my real skill as a wedding planner. You found out it's a TV company very quickly. Yes, yeah, exactly. But in real life, like going up and being a part of that segment was like really um, kind of like the first foundation or fundamental step that my career really took. And it wasn't even by my own making. I don't, okay. We can hear you. Okay, okay cool. Um, actually, that story role came about because Vicky Guerrero suggested I could, you know, work in her segment. You know, it was like an ask of, or someone asked her, like, is there anyone down in developmental that you see in this role? You know, and then it was like kind of dumb luck, as they say, and then she chose my name, which is kind of in that first rush of getting out of developmental and getting called up. You know, in my imagination, I thought that was kind of like the staple piece. So I really like started learning who I am in a sense of how you suit up and show up. Like I kind of over went and like over kind of like tried to push perfectionism. And I think that was just something I experienced through my whole creative career. What was it like back home here at the beaches? You're going to Needs High School and not too long later, you're in an angle with one of the most famous wrestlers on the planet and Edge. What was it like? You know, like being in Jacksonville, I still today ask the community, like, what do you think about wrestling? Like, where is our wrestling? Like, I don't, like, it was kind of, it's kind of feels like I didn't see wrestling growing up. So, like, okay. like that was just my experience. Like, I didn't see events very often. So, a lot of my friends were like, well, I don't know what wrestling is either, you know? Okay. Like, so... As I developed, like, my friends were just, like, very excited to see myself as performer, you know. And then they started to develop, like, interest in our art and our this. But every time we would be talking about wrestling, what I was trying to express with them is the improv creative, the, the uh, sensitivity we have with, like, our opponents. Like, how is it that someone can have 20 years of a, of a rough industry and then have never injured someone that's an accolade? How do you like level with your creativity and then sometimes card subject to change and you don't really get to display your theatrics? Like how do you like 
personally, privately go through like adversity, like internally, like and. I know it's fun to talk about wrestling for like the great, 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 but a lot of the great moments for me had a lot of real foundational learning lessons. Like I had to really fall and step. Like it's difficult sometimes to talk about the sport in a very loose and fun because like that sport still is in my spine, it's still in my blood and it's still like kind of in a interesting futuristic resonance with me, you know what I'm saying? Was like, it physically diff taxing on you early on when you were still learning it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then I think it got more taxing as we were full-time on the road because our our schedule or our calendar just recycles. It doesn't so much as recognize 365 days. So we were constantly recycling, recycling, recycling that sitting in a rental car for many hours, sitting on a plane for many hours, became very, like, very noticeable for the struggle. You know what I'm saying? Being in a hotel became the struggle. Like, and then it was difficult because you're like, but that's, I know that's not what we're wrestling about. You know what I'm saying? So then for my friends, and they think I'm leaving and going away to do wherever and wherever it is, you know, it was like um, an interesting, like, nuance to try and explain wrestling when they think wrestling and saw wrestling as not in the experience forward. What were your, some of your favorite matches, favorite feuds or angles? Well, you know, definitely the feuds that like stuck with me because of the challenging would be like with Melina because, you know, like she was one of my first opponents that took the first title from me. So it was like, uh, you know, it was kind of like a, woo, that's interesting. I get to win the title, but it was kind of like, consciously the participation in a performance that makes sense to hand this delicate piece that has nothing to do with us nothing to do with whatever but this is our delicate piece for like us all how do we make this in the respected you know artistic fashion yeah. <laughs> i know it's a lot right favorite angles favorite matches um Actually, I'm putting you on the spot because there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, actually, okay, so my favorite match was Evolution, the first Evolution, I guess. So okay. I don't know or remember what year, but, I mean, by dumb luck, like, we had an injury on our team. So I was able to be in the tag match with Mickey, myself, against Trish and Lita. And in my experience, I felt that that was, like, that was a whole... That was a whole fruitcake, you know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like what I What do you really... mean a fruitcake? Oh, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? No, you don't. Okay, great. Um, well, like, that was, like, that was the enchilada. Like, no one eats fruitcake, but if you're, like, going to have the fruitcake, you want to eat some fruitcake. Like, you're just, like... That's really? the best of the best. It's kind of the most sarcastic of the best. You're like, yeah. this is a sarcastic dessert. Could you believe you were in the ring with That's them? That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. why did, am I... What is going on? Who brought the fruitcake? And in, and in a most, like creative loving way because I started WWE with no perception of wrestling not just no it, it like experience of it but I also you know no perception and as like I grew in the industry or in this particular company like seeing like the Trishes and this and then seeing them be elevated as like yeah. historian or historians or you know certain elements like it started to make them less human to me and less like like, it just started to make them so superstar to me, you know what I'm saying? So, like, like admirable to me. And then, like, I just wanted to just, it just, like, evoked this wrestling, like, energy within me that never 
came from anything, you know? Was like, it very very difficult to separate the work from personal life? The character, the, the storyline, whatever the case may be? Um, it's, it's different, yes and no, maybe. I think it became a little more difficult to separate the persona from myself when we had that reality TV, like, kind of coming in, you know? Because we're like, reality TV. Were you part of the TV. Total Divas? I was. Yeah, what was yeah, that like? Yeah, it was all right. Like, yeah. I mean, it was good for the moment, but it was kind of a, a complex situation because, like, we were realitying over here, and then we were realitying and then kind of playing at it in our wrestling world. And then in the reality world, we're saying that this is, like, wrestling world. And it was just yeah. like, wait a minute. But for myself, just myself, yeah. like, my character would kind of be a tweener, as they say, like, good guy, bad guy. But for me to get context of my performance delivery, it's helpful to have more context of my intention. Like, am I coming in from like this reality TV show idea? And then, but this is me, as I was saying, being a perfectionism. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to like make sure I perform right. Well, I want to ask about one guy you brought up. He is soft spot in our heart for our old traffic reporter, Brian Kelly, Byron Saxton. Mm -hmm. You worked with Byron over the years? I did, Byron. He's so nice. He's just... And so you were there 17 years, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Was it hard to walk away? Was it hard to get away from it? <laughs> it wasn't? No. No. It was a relief? I mean, no, yeah. I mean, I you mean, you, I you don't say know. that with relief in your eyes. Um, I don't want to say, like, it's just a bittersweet thing. It's, yeah. like, bittersweet because... I've heard it described this way, like sometimes all kids have to leave home, you know, like, and I think for me, like one thing that it's like hard for me to like, one thing that my perfectionism tells me to do is make sure you understand, like, um, I was 17 and I don't even know what wrestling, you know, it just yeah. feels like that was like a big blind spot for me professionally sometimes, like in a sense of like, like I only knew that world to be the way it was, you know, and like, from a child's perspective, not as a performer being hired. Like, I was 17 out of high school, so, like, for me, I'm trying to figure out how to bring that part of my story forward because it has a lot to do with what I see myself doing in the industry going forward. So what do you do now? I mean, what? Yeah, you, like, that's the thing. Like, I don't mind that machine, but it was really limited for me, Yeah. you know, to create. Um, but it's not just wrestling. I think I've seen your Instagram yeah, page. Yeah, You're doing exactly. a lot more than yeah, wrestling. Yeah, that's, that's why it was, like, difficult to kind of... That's what I'm saying. It's bittersweet because I can't be perfect, Alicia. And they didn't ask me to do that. But for me, as a performer, if you don't have context, what else do you try to do with your spare time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so Crazy are you, maker. Are you in the area a lot now? Yeah. So most of the time? So, yeah. So, like, you know, things like this, I'm starting to get a lot of inspiration on how to be of service for the industry. And I think in my consecutive 17 years, what I realized is like, I mean, there's like these trails of processes, but like straight out the gate, like I think it's nice to have like eight by tens and like say wardrobe or say like whatever the deal is. But as these independent performers are going, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if they have eight by tens, but guess what? I love playing with my camera. So like I've been able to like, talk to a few of the independent performers and like arrange where I can come and shoot them and their gear and their stuff. Like, I don't care what they want me to shoot as long as we can help them and like 
encapsulate a, an expression for them. And one thing to ask, if fans in Jacksonville with their little ones who grew up watching you see you, can they run up to you on the street and I say hope hi? So, yeah, okay. I hope so. Yeah. That's the funny thing about like, you know, in this today, like there's so many in wrestling like promotions. Yeah. I mean, you're probably so busy, right? Like and in my experience at one point that was only one one home, you know? Like yeah. there was only one place to go you know but I mean I'm not the only like you know performer that's like experienced this industry you know obviously there's like older legends right but it's just always interesting because like I hope that wrestling as an industry like creates a environment where we can all share like a very human human experience about the machine or the industry or something like whether it's like you know someone that made it into the Hall of Fame in like 67 to like whatever yeah. whatever like there's certain like elements now that we can talk out of it like okay the traveling was like whatever okay so whatever the matches change all the time okay whatever good but it were like I'm curious about like what the driving between the towns staying in a hotel looked like for you know many many years my senior because it's like Somewhere the in cars that are merge. Nicer now. Yeah, like somewhere in that merge, we can figure out what's going forward. Yeah, I mean, I can sit and talk about wrestling all day, but I didn't realize it. Sorry. Well, we may want to have you back on the show down oh, the road. Oh, geez. Thank you so much Thank for joining so us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Here she is. So that was our uh, conversation with Victoria Crawford, a.k.a. Alicia Fox. Very nice lady. Glad she could join us to talk about the career. And, and it doesn't look like it's done. I mean, Earlier this year, she hung it up with WWE and went her own way um, to be away from, as she called it, the machine, um, and, and really lived probably an adult life not in that world. I mean, because she was essentially rushed into it right out of high school and never stopped. Uh, it's It's got to be just a change for her um, to now be in her mid-30s and, you know, living life differently. Um, and, and she talked about Total Divas. She, Alicia Fox was interesting in the fact that she was there as it transitioned from the Divas to the women's division. Um, and she straddled both of that. And she was also there when they did the Total Divas show, which was that reality show with all the Divas in WWE, and it was really targeted toward a female audience. And they really did broaden their their uh, image to fans who didn't follow wrestling, but they followed that, and they were interested in that. Um, so she just did a lot for so many years. And I wanted to talk to Jessica James. She's one of our producers here at Going Ringside, um, who really is our knows the most about the Divas division. She grew up on it. And I wanted to get her perspective on Alicia Fox and why she had such a great career all these years and her impact and why she was special as a performer all those years. So we sat down and talked to our uh, one of our producers here at Going Ringside, Jessica James. Here it is. We are joined right now by Going Ringside producer Jessica James. She's kind of our resident expert on all things WWE diva <laughs> growing up on that. Thanks for joining us again, Jessica. Of course. I'm glad to be back. So talk to me about Alicia Fox. She was really a groundbreaking diva who did a lot for so many years in WWE. She did. And the one special thing is I got to experience both sides of her being in the divas division, but also then developing into the women's division. Yeah. And to experience how she changed throughout that was really special. 
But yeah, she was a huge impact in the Divas division specifically because she was the first black women's um, Divas championship. And she was the only black woman to hold that title when the Divas um, And that was really was unheard of. There wasn't a lot of that at that no, point. No, there wasn't. Um, you talk about the difference between the men getting TV time and the women, but also another gap was um, black women getting TV time over the other women's or Divas wrestlers. So she wins the championship. And, you know, the women's division has changed in the years. It was mm -hmm. the Divas division. WWE got away from that yes. into the women's division. But she really embraced that Divas division. She did. And she, like I was saying, she embraced the title of being a Diva. She was sassy. She was dramatic. And... We ha there's a lot of bad negative connotations around the word diva, but I think she did the best with what she had and what she was given. And she, even though her matches were somewhat short, she really showed her showed, showed off her athleticism in those. So talk to me about the total divas, because she was part of that. What do you think that did for the women's division? It really elevated them, and I think it brought did. it to a new audience. It absolutely did, because you got to see this aspect of their lives that you didn't get to see on wrestling and how they interacted with people in a day-to-day, -day, what their jobs were on a day-to-day, -day, what happened backstage when like a match was canceled or this or that, and just kind of getting that personal um, point of view from these people. It was a new type of show for WWE. Do you think that broadened it beyond the typical wrestling fan audience? I mean, do you think a lot of I think younger so. women were watching that wouldn't I watch wrestling? I think it was watch? definitely catered towards the women fans just to be able to have something that they could watch because they weren't getting a lot of time on TV. So we had very minimal content as to what we could watch and like see about them. So she spent about 17 years in WWE. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't spend that long. They, no. they don't make it that long. Right. Why do you think she had so much longevity? I think it was just probably respect for dealing with what she had to deal with all that time and working through it and even though it being hard and not getting the time or the matches, but still being dedicated to the role. I think it just shows she's a veteran wrestler. She's very respected and it shows a lot on her part to be able to stay in that sort of business as all seeing so many other women leave because of it. And yeah. And so she came up with, uh, just from our area, we're based here in Northeast mm -hmm. Florida, Kelly Kelly, Michelle McCool, Alicia Fox. We just, I mean, that those are some big time names. Absolutely. All from the same area. Absolutely. Yeah. A, a lot of women in Florida. Yeah, a lot yeah. of women in Florida. <laughs> well, they had the Florida Championship Wrestling down there. What do you think her legacy is? Do you think, her, do you think she has a lot more that she can do if she wants? I think so. I think if she wanted to start wrestling again in the WWE, she has that experience to be able to do so. And I think anybody would be happy to see her back in the ring and going at it. Well, going ringside producer Jessica James. Thank you, Jessica, for joining thank us you, again. Of course. <laughs> So we wanted to thank Jessica for joining us um, uh, to talk about Alicia Fox, Victoria Crawford, as she is known now, um, for the indefinite future. Um, we don't know that she wouldn't go back to WWE some point in AEW, some other wrestling organization. That's something she'll have to uh, make that announcement or determine down the road. She has done some stuff over the summer. Um, so, you know, her foot is still in that wrestling world. We'll have to see if she 
pops back up there, but uh, she is one of those ones from where we're at, Northeast Florida, that just all showed up around the same time. Her, as she said, Kelly Kelly started right around the same time. Michelle McCool uh, right around that time too. Obviously, Michelle McCool, um, her husband, The Undertaker, they, their family will always be part of WWE. So we'll have to watch and see where um, Victoria Crawford goes from here. Does she ever return as Alicia Fox? Does she find another organization she wants to be a part of? Does she just branch out and do something else? We'll have to watch. She has a lot of a talent, a lot of ability, and a lot of years left. She is still quite young, so she, so the, the sky is the limit for her. We will be watching to see where she goes. Hopefully, have her on the show back uh, someday. But thanks for watching another episode of Going Ringside. Once again, spread the word about the show. Give us a follow on TikTok and Instagram at, at Going Ringside. We'll see you back here next week. This has been Going Ringside with The Local Station, brought to you every Wednesday on your favorite podcast player, on News 4 Jax Plus, as well as the News 4 Jax YouTube channel.